light, sound, a universal energy forming organic tribal algorithms that spans the globe, reaching down to its very core. Release euphoric inspiration revolution. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the ultimate underground. Hey, 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 ladies and gentlemen of the Underground Experience, how you doing? This is your host, Captain and DJ, Uncle Earl. I have another treat for you today. I have the story of death. So you've heard of the Detroit band called Death that was formed in the 1970s? Maybe you've read the New York Times article or have read reviews in Rolling Stones, Spin Magazine, National Public Radio, the BBC, Melody Magazine, and Days and Confused, or the Chicago Tribune, the Detroit News, and Detroit Free Press, Beta Magazine, or even the Howard Stern Show. And you feel that you know the story. Maybe you've heard the great 
and legendary release of the tracks recorded at Detroit's United Sounds Recording Studio in 1974-1975, released in 2009 by Drag City Records, entitled For the World to See. Although all of the above is true and well-written regarding the death story, the half is still yet to be told. All we can tell you is that death is a strange and wonderful story, and all of it has to do with rock and roll. And I have them on the line with me. How are you guys doing today? Good. All right. Yeah, you're right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did, I, did, did I get it right? <laughs> so can you guys please introduce yourselves? Alright, well, my name is Dennis Hackney. I play the drums. I'm Bobby Duncan. I'm the guitarist. And I'm Bobby Hackney. I play the uh, bass and uh, the lead vocals. Alright, and are all you guys from the Detroit area? Um, I'm from the Detroit area. My brother Dennis is from the Detroit area. Bobby Duncan is from Harlem, uh, New York City. He's from Harlem. New York City. Hey, I'm from Brooklyn. What's hey, up? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> So, so what's going on, y'all? Y'all got some goodness going on at Happy. Yeah, we got some goodness going on, man. Um, hey, that's the death discovery, you know? I mean, most most of these stories, is, they, they call them reverse because, you know, bands have either had notoriety um, at a previous time and kind of disappeared off the scene and then all of a sudden made a comeback. And, right. Well, with, with death, it's a discovery because it's kind of like we never really got started. Uh-huh. Uh, the story got started in uh, Detroit in 1974, yes. and uh, you know, it, uh, you know, we, we left Detroit in '77, so it uh, it never got a chance. But mm. then, you know, 34 years later, here we are, and the music's been discovered. So it's a real discovery. Nice, nice. And um, when you when when that happened, did you guys just go? What what did you guys do in the in the interim? What what? Tell me about your lives during that time of absence. Uh, you know, we was. When, when the death thing happened, actually, me and uh, Bobby was, uh, my brother Bobby was in a reggae band, and we got in touch with Bobby Duncan mm-hmm. uh, through his wife, and he became one of the members of Lamb's Bread. Okay. And in the middle of us putting out an album, our last album we put out for Lamb's Bread, that's when the death story broke. Mm. And Uh oh. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, well, it kind of it kind of took us by surprise, you know. I mean, um, it was funny because uh, my sons who play in a band called Rough Flamses, which Mm -hmm. is aptly named after their uncle David, nickname that he took on. um, One of my sons was uh, taken off uh, college to travel around the country, and he ended up in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We left. 
uh, it was something that we thought that we was going to put behind us. Uh-huh. And in the meantime, we had tapes sitting up in the attic uh, that was reel-to-reel tapes. I mean, the Holly up that never got played. Wow. wow. And, you know, we never really kind of sit down with our kids and said, okay, guys, we're just going to sit and listen to some death tapes. <laughs> told an old story about death. I mean, that was just uh, something that we figured that was probably behind us. And, right. And it was some of the greatest rock and roll that mm-hmm. maybe the world would ever hear. Mm-hmm. It almost come to that resolve. You wow. Know? And, and I mean, uh, and all the while, all the while, you had a cult following you didn't even know about. Exactly. Wow. And we didn't, we, we, it, it took us by surprise. Our kids found out before we did. <laughs> Ain't that the way? <laughs> God, yeah, that's what made it great. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And let's let's t- take a step back in time. Can you give us a feel for the mood and the tone of the industry and life back in the 70s when you were working on it? Oh, man, it was magic. Um, yeah. Detroit was magic. Uh, I mean, basically, there was always shows every night and I'm sure this was not just in Detroit but in every city there were shows every night there were groups on television I mean man you could just sit and, 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 and you know the, the wild thing is when we had three channels but between Saturday Friday night and, sa- and Sunday night mm-hmm. you could entertain yourself with some of the greatest music I mean you had in concert you had yeah. Don Kirsten's rock concert right, Midnight right. Special of course American Bandstand Soul mm. Train Did you ever get to like play on any bills with those guys? You know, Death never did get a chance never to did. really play because what, what it is is that we were recording music in the studio and we were signed to a production company called okay. Blues Real Production, mm-hmm. which is really primarily a rhythm and blues company. Uh-huh. But they did a lot of work with George Clinton and the Funkadelics. They had also produced a Robin Trower album, so they were familiar with rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of like their, their experiment. So, are you in touch with any of the people from back in the day, any of the production company or the producers or anything? You know what? We're, uh, we, we have reconnected with Brian Spears and Don Davis, oh. as a matter of fact. Um, both of those guys are in an upcoming documentary. It's going to be um, coming uh, real soon about that. Oh, right. Nice. Nice. So, we have that to look forward to. I can't wait to see it myself. So now, okay, let's flip it forward. Now, what do you feel about the industry now? Uh, 
to make a conscious make a yes make <laughs> But you know, some people are starting to press vinyls again, and I like that. Seriously, because, you know, there's nothing like the warmth of that sound. You know, digital is great. It's all good and clean and clear, but there's nothing like the, the warmth of that sound. And even when the record gets a little scratch, the little crackle, snap, and pop, I love it. I, mi- I, I miss it. <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> I know, that's right. I know, that's right. So um, tell, me, tell me this. Besides the business and all this, what do you guys do for fun? I mean, just, just to let your hair down, just to relax. Yeah. Oh, wow, man. <laughs> do you re- do you relax? <laughs> We've been so busy with music. <laughs> yeah, I'm recording with um, 
fun that we have is just being around each other okay. and enjoying this um, this magic that's taking place yeah. with, with this whole death story. I mean, we have a, a whole lot of music from the death archive from uh, mm. Detroit, and uh, we're just having a lot of fun recording that stuff and bringing it back. Right, right. So, uh, you know, the death story kind of, it's funny you just say let your hair down because... <laughs> Okay. Ah, <laughs> that's out there. I love it. I love it. If you don't believe it, go on our website to see it. www.deathroomdetroit.com. <laughs> I've been there. I've seen it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So let me ask you this: what What are some words of wisdom you can give to up and coming artists today? You know, since you've been through, you know, been literally from hell and back. What could you? What inspirational words could you give to some up and coming artists? You know, I got one thing mm. to say. Uh, this is Dennis, the drummer. Mm-hmm. Sing everything. If you write it on a notebook, if you write it on a napkin, if you if you think of it and write it down in the back of your purse, mm-hmm. save everything. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And if I may add number two, which I feel as though is just as important. Um, could you give them every contact possible for death once more, please? Well, first of all, you can, you can check us out at uh, www.deathfromdetroit.com. We're on Facebook at uh, Worldwide Death. Um, we're also on Twitter. We're um, on MySpace. You can go check out some of our videos on YouTube. Um, the uh, Drag City record site, dragcity.com. You can check out the legendary album for the whole world to see, along with other death music. Um, for right now, limited time, we have our brand new um, release that we just uh, released uh, to the uh, public song called Release that we're very um, excited about, and uh, that's going to be uh, for limited time on CD, baby. Right. So, um, hey, that's <laughs> Where we are with death right now. That's where it's at. <laughs> well, I want to give a big shout out to Big Ben. Hey, Big Ben, your manager. All right. All right. Yeah, he. I'll he 
Yeah, he kept he kept he kept on my tail, man. He made sure I got this thing together, and he was so on it. And I thank him for keeping up with me because you know we get crazy. But I really wanted to do this, and I thank you guys for taking the time out of your your busy schedules to talk with Oprah. Hey, thank you. We got a lot more music to come and a lot more death to come. All right, bring it, bring it. We ready for it. <laughs> well, I want you to guys have a blessed day or whatever you're having, and um, keep in touch with me. Thank you. You have a a blessed day too, man. All right, man. Take care, y'all. All All right. right. One, two, three. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a fun interview with the band Death. And now check out this cut. gentlemen how you doing this is uncle earl your host captain and dj wasn't that fun talking with the band called death they are coming to los angeles for the la film festival down to the la convention center they will be there saturday june 16th at uh showing is about seven o'clock and then they're going to perform too and also on what is this on tuesday june 19th there will be a showing 
and they will perform, and that's at the Regal Cinemas at LA Live, downtown Los Angeles. And here is a little snippet of their tune, Relief. Check this out. So you're going to have to go to the website to get Mo. How you like that? You know how Uncle Earl is. I like to throw a little surprises at you. <laughs> anyway, uh, in the next half hour coming up, there will be Bubba Deschizo. He is a very talented guy. He's uh, He was a radio personality. He's an actor, comedian, uh, singer, songwriter. He's got a whole lot coming in just a second. Go on, stretch your legs, and come on back with some more on The Underground Experience. taking that break since we're in that going back to the day mode i want you to enjoy this track it is called retro love song by joy b more courtesy of musicxray.com check it out Okay. 
cash flow is slow and my finances low. I remember each time as I get ready to go. But I got no cash for Christmas. I've been to the swap, made up, been to the mall. I've shopped all around all the stores, big and small. Found I could afford just nothing at all. Because I got no cash for Christmas. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen of the underground. How you doing? This is your host, Captain and DJ. You know I'm crazy. If you don't know, you better ask somebody. Well, I got something special for you today. I have a gentleman who was born and raised in Ohio. He's one of eight kids in a Catholic family. Singled out as a vocalist in grade school and hooked on phonics, I mean, sorry, performance, ever since. He moved to California to become a big star at the age of 22. Got a college degree, so he wouldn't ever have to be a starving artist. Isn't that special? But still ended up working crummy jobs while pursuing a career in entertainment. Oh, isn't that special? He started off focused on music but also did a film or two and was actually starring in a play in the early 90s when his first big break came along for radio and voiceover with Sean Hollywood Hamilton at KISS FM. In the late 80s, he was honored to be a part of a project that won an Addy Award for advertising for which he performed a rap in a TV commercial for New Mexico Power Industry. It was the whitest rap known to man. During that same period, 1990-93, he spent as much time networking and cutting demos as he could before finding radio quite by accident. He also managed to sign two separate recording contracts that had fallen apart before anything could come of them. And I have him here to clear up his tales of woe. His name is Bubba the Schizo. How you doing? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Really glad to be here. We got this the wrong way. Well, <laughs> I have now taken control of your radio. Oh, damn. How you doing? Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I thank you for coming in here from that sweat box. <laughs> well, you live in. It's hot down there today, isn't it? Oh, it's a beautiful day out there. It's today. beautiful, it's beautiful. But it's a little warmer down there in the Inland Empire. Oh, well, now I'm down in Orange County. Well, you so know. They, uh, See, I'm from the East Coast, and we think it's all the same. You know how they think we all the same? <laughs> radio people? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, all radio, <laughs> and it's true. All radio people are the same. Yes, and you, you, you are a radio person yourself. Uh, yes, indeed. Look at that I voice. Know. Listen to that. Well, you know, and that's the funny thing is, is uh, I was like on pop radio. It's like the, the announcer thing is really not in pop radio anymore. Mm-hmm, it's like right. Everybody's trying to sound like Ryan Seacrest. Or, or something, you know, like, hey, it's really, he's tight for listening. Hey, yeah, wow. Uh, uh, wow, mm-hmm. my friends. That ain't happening. No. <laughs> not over here. <laughs> oh, no. Not, but, uh, you know, that's a that's a thing of the business, you know. Yeah. It's like, and then when you're trying to get into acting, mm-hmm. and they tell you, uh, you know, they... You know, they see that you've got radio on your resume. <laughs> they say, no, we don't want you to come in and be an announcer. We want you to come in and just be natural. Well, what if this is natural for me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, two each is each, you know. So, where do we begin? Okay, you had a large family, first of all. Yep. Eight yep. kids. Yep. Catholic. Well, you know, it's like the, 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 
the uh, the Catholic Church for especially in in you know my my family's half Italian and half Irish, mm-hmm. and in in both of those schools of education they teach have have babies and <laughs> populate the world with Catholics. That's how you know if you you know if you can't bring them over, make more. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I hear you. That's the church philosophy. I did make it up. <laughs> and and where where are you on the chain? I am one of the twisted middle children. Oh, <laughs> I am the fourth. I'm number four. Yeah, so as a brunch factor. As the middle, well, as the middle <laughs> child, they say, oh, psychologically speaking, uh, they say that the middle child is the one that's most affected and is quite often outgoing. <laughs> okay, and are, you are. <laughs> Whew, this is just a sample, ladies and gentlemen. There's much more to come, trust me. But, um, so you, you started as a vocalist as a kid. I, I did. I actually, I, when I was in, in grade school, I performed for uh, Congressman Ralph Regula mm. in Ohio. Okay. And I... Well, I was actually the, the first time, um, you know, in, in a music class that I really knew I loved singing. I was actually only in second grade. Okay. But when I was in fifth grade, was it choir or? No, no? we didn't really have a formal choir because the school really wasn't that big. Glee club. It was just like class music class. We, okay. had, we had music class, and we would have the college students come over. We didn't even have formal music training from the like a music mm-hmm, teacher mm-hmm. full time in the school. You just started singing. Well, no, the. the <laughs> <laughs> the college students from the local college, Mount Union College, would come to the Catholic mm-hmm. school, and the music students there would teach music to the kids in the classes, so they didn't have to actually hire uh, a full-time music teacher uh, for the students in the uh, school. Okay. And I remembered, you know, just at, at, at sec- in second grade, just, you know, the, 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 it was so funny because the college, uh, the girl that came over from the college mm-hmm. taught us Catholic kids the Jewish song, <laughs> Hava Nagila. <laughs> and like, I didn't even realize what a funny thing that was. It's like she was being rather rebellious now that I think about you oh, know yeah. teaching Catholic ch- children Jewish songs. Mm-hmm. Was anybody else in your family a singer, or how did you get that? Well, actually, yes. Um, my uh, older sister uh, is you know was has always been into music, and uh, you know she actually plays guitar and uh, had some various other stringed instruments like mandolin mm. those kinds of things but she's also a vocalist now she actually uh, had let it go for a long time and now okay. has come back to it to uh, put together a set and is <laughs> becoming a vocalist again yeah. what do the other siblings do are they all over the place different yeah. various yeah I mean my, I have a, a lot of creativity in the family I have a brother that's an architect uh, I have a sister who is like an awesome wood sculptor with she like makes uh, giant statues from, from trees with a chainsaw whoa and uh, she, as a matter of fact, she's got a, she's got a a giant statue uh, at the, the Griffith Park yeah. in that in the, the the KC uh, train thing there, the yes. giant wooden statue. Yes. My sister carved that. Wonderful, yep, marvelous. Yep. All right, my whole family's you know. so y'all all over town. Huh? Yep, you yep, get around. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's now four of us here in California, and there's four of them back in Ohio. And are your mom and dad? Mom and dad are deceased. Okay. You know, dad's actually been gone for like 20 20 plus years. Okay. Mom just left in 2008. Hmm. So, we're on our own. You're on your own. And you're handling it. And it happens to all of us. (laughs) No no one gets out of life. (laughs) I know. So, so tell me, um, when did you actually leave Ohio? I I got the bug like when I was eighteen. I'm like okay. I have to I have to go pursue mm-hmm. music and it's got to be in L. A. Did you hit like a ceiling in your town? And well, there just is there is there no is none. There, yeah. It was it, this was you know 1983 Canton, Ohio, hmm. Alliance, Ohio. Okay. There just really wasn't and you know in that area there was no you know no real music going on, especially and I, I was kind of progressive. I didn't even know it, but I had actually written a rap tune. 
at that time. Okay. And then, you know, I, I got it demoed, mm-hmm. and I went around trying to play it for people, and they're like, oh, well, we don't play the rap. <laughs> the I'm, rap. Like, I'm like, rap? What is rap? It's this is just a song. It's just a, this is just, you know, thing I did. They're like, no, 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 this is rap. We don't play that. Wow. So I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I, I worked a, a couple uh, years for my family business. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father had a trucking company. And uh, got my money together. So you actually drove the trucks? You, you, uh, well, I no, not for. Office. I worked in the office okay. for, for you know for for my paycheck, but okay. I was able to. I started. I learned to drive a truck when I was like fifteen. Wow! Just to drive it around the lot and bring mm-hmm. bring him in from the outside. Big ones. Yep, thirteen speed underdrive Cummins Ooh, diesel. All right. I was greasing trucks when I was twelve years old. Climbing, rolling, you know, get on the rolly bed. Mm-hmm. You know, we would like roll around on the floor and then get up <laughs> underneath the truck and then and, and lube the trucks and everything. I started when I was twelve, cutting lawns and stuff like that. Nice, nice. And 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 the name Bubba, because your name is Robert. Robert. Damiola. Demi. Deoma. Deoma. Or Deoma, if you're in America. Deoma. Yeah. How you doing, brother? Right on, right on. No, but. How did Bubba come to be? I mean, this is an interesting yeah. story you told me. <laughs> I, I was actually, when I was in grade school, yeah. in, uh, playing playing football with my best friend in the backyard, and, mm-hmm. and I was just knocking him down like he was nothing. And my, my uncle was there, and he said, you hit that guy like Bubba Smith. <laughs> and I'm like, Bubba Smith? And he's like, you know, it's like my, my friend caught it, and he goes, Bubba, that's your name now. And I'm like, no, don't do it. <laughs> he took it to school the next day, and I was, have been Bubba ever since. And then I added the schizo when I got into radio. Are you a schizo? Um, not technically. Not technically. But I can fake it. Not on paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, my dad's name was Bubba, too, but he's from the South, so a lot of people in the South, you know, they call their kids Bubba. So you had, might have had ten Bubbas running around. Well, you know who you're talking to. Well, yep. You call them, they all answer, huh? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I actually have had different, I used to have, have personalized plates, and I had, my, my plate was 91 Bubba. Mm. And you know, Why 91? Because that was like the number that was available. (laughs) (laughs) Because there was already 90 90 people out there in LA, in California anyway, with the bub with bubba plates. So and it's like uh, you know, so I went through uh, you know a period with with that plate. It was like I would be you know because I I drive all over LA, Mm -hmm. and I'd have people you know come up to me and like specifically African American guys come up to me and like. Is that a redneck Bubba? <laughs> what kind of Bubba? What kind of Bubba are you? I'm like, it's just a Bubba. It's just a Bubba. Okay, and you, you're of mixed descent, Irish and Italian. Correct. And you know what part is what, and how much of which, or is it just all it's mixed? It's very, up? it's very close. Fifty-fifty. My my father's family is Sicilian, mm-hmm. and my mother's family is predominantly Irish, with a touch of German and Scotch in there. Oh. But it's really, it's really like ninety-five percent Irish. Is that Scotch on the rocks or straight up? Well, actually, yeah, yeah, neat. State of neat, <laughs> neat Scotch, neat. <laughs> okay. And the, that's the beautiful thing about the the uh, the Scotch, you know, like yeah. Irish Scotch or Scotch Scotch, still good stuff. Okay. Well, on that note. <laughs> Let's let them hear a bit of your music with Irish Irish. Oh, can we do that? <laughs> you start if you like. Okay. That'd be just fine. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Bubba with Irish Irish. Check it out. And every leprechaun under every bridge in the world strolling to the pub just a bite to say what luck under the rainbow a pot of gold I struck. Cause I never pass on a four leaf clover. Finally the Irish potato famine is over. Just thinking about the days you used to talk to me. 
smiling while I'm sipping on my Irish whiskey. And remember we'd brag how rich we'd be. To find a leprechaun was like a fantasy. Now you see my bling and you know I'm not playing. He found a leprechaun is what everybody is saying. Boy, I tell you, folks don't know a damn thing. Green clover, yellow stars, pink hearts and blue diamonds. Leprechaun. Manly just like Irish spring. Leprechaun. And now I used to sit back and dream. Leprechaun. That little green chucky's got my bling bling. Blarney is the real thing. Irish, I wished for a pot of gold. Oh, I wish. At the end of the rainbow. Hello, hello. How are you? Still there? How are you doing? This is Uncle Earl on the Underground Experience. And I'm very, very happy that you are here with me today. Thank you very, very much. And I'm here, Yes, it is. And I'm here with a very, very special guy, Baba the Schizo. How are you doing, Baba? Or should I say Booba? No Booba. Play the tuba. Okay. <laughs> I played the baritone horn in school, the baby tuba. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. <laughs> but that thing was too big. I had to give it up. Because I was a little guy. I was like 5'2 until I hit high school. And the thing was 5'2. Right. So it was banging the ground as I walked along. Like, and now you're rather tall, so you probably had an awesome growth spurt. But my arms were as long as they are now. And I oh, was really? So, so, yeah, were past my knees. Like, <laughs> and then, so the thing was dragging the ground. Anyway, that's enough about me. But it's about you. you multifaceted like this diamond. You know, you have so many sides. You're an actor. You're a singer. You're a rapper. Yes, you were a DJ. A radio DJ, I mean radio yes, personality, sir. Yes, sir. and a designer too. Clothing designer, yeah, and inventor and a filmmaker, yeah. And I'm even I'm wearing my clothing today. What's up? I, you know, <laughs> I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's up is is I'm I'm a creative person, mm-hmm. and if I come up with a good idea, if I think it's an idea with merit, because I have a lot of great ideas that I don't pursue, mm-hmm. but if I come up with any idea that I think has merit. I will go after it. That's great because a lot of people don't follow their full potential. Oh. You know, seriously. And they take that safe path and just right. stay in one lane and they miss out on so much goodness in life. And and not only that, but it's like if you have a good idea, don't look at somebody else with a good idea that's doing something and say, well, you know, as long as you're doing your good idea, here's my good idea. <laughs> and if you can do that, then you can pay me later. <laughs> I think not. <laughs> Let me just pull that back. I think not. not. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, uh, it's one of the things that I've run into with, like, a lot, a lot of the networking that I do for all my ideas. People mm-hmm. are like, don't, you really don't have to worry that much about people stealing your idea in that environment because mm-hmm. they have their own ideas they're right. working on. And they're not going to do it the way you do it anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think, well, they don't have time to steal your idea. They're working very hard on their own idea. Mm-hmm. And nothing <laughs> is new. I mean, we just, you know... We put a little flip on it. We flip it, you know, yeah. and put a little spin and, you know, yeah. so make I mean, it personal. Right. So, I mean, you do have to take some precautions, but don't, yeah. you know, don't be so afraid to try and do stuff right. that you end up doing nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, because in the end, if you if you keep your idea to yourself so locked down mm-hmm. that no one ever sees it or hears it, then it's not going to get <laughs> right. done. You'd be and like Michael Jackson, keep it in the closet. And you're never you going to make anything of it. You'd <laughs> be It's like... People who study all their lives and they go to university and do all these things, they're a classroom diva. Get them out in the workforce, they're in the headlights. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Really? It's never, it's like, you know, yeah. a doctor of everything and a practicer of none. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so let's break it down, though. Um, what, what was the first, I know you started with singing. And um, you recorded some things, and you became a radio host. But can, can you give me a succession of how these things layered themselves together or how you threw it all the soup 
Well, I, when the I, ingredients, shall I say? I, I wrote a few things in Ohio before I came out. Mm-hmm. I, and I came out um, to pursue music, mm-hmm. and you know, I got a day job and was doing you know the things to survive. Yeah. And um, I, I met a guy who was doing a play. It was a, a teen a, ch- a play called Joey's Revival. It was about teenage drug abuse and suicide, mm-hmm. and I had a dual lead role in that. And um, was also helping write the music for it. Okay. And so we decided we wanted to get, uh, as you mentioned before, Hollywood Hamilton on Kiss FM to give us, you know, some publicity. Mm-hmm. So we were going to give away free tickets, and we didn't know what the heck we were doing, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> and um, my uh, one, my older sister uh, was was working the phones there for to you know just as something interesting to do, mm-hmm. and. Um, she suggested that I contact Hollywood Hamilton rather than like Rick Dees, who was like the big morning guy at the time. Right, and so I did. He liked the idea of the of the song or, or of the play, so he gave me a, a phone number to leave him messages on, and I started leaving silly messages. So I was like, <laughs> you know, how people say, "I'm so sorry, I'm not here to get your car," and I'd be like, "No, it's me who's sorry. You ain't there. Y'all need to answer the phone. Why, gee, how can I talk to you? You don't talk to me." You know, and I just would start. <laughs> so sorry, you're not here to answer the phone. No, please do call me back, won't you? And and he was like, "Dude, I got to put you on the radio." So nice. I started my my first uh, uh, voiceover bit that I did for him mm-hmm. from home wow. on the phone. He paid me cash out of his pocket. Wow! And and uh, Rick D's actually heard it. Because he would listen to his show for, mm-hmm. for stuff, and he's like, "I want you to leave me that on the reel. <laughs> leave the tape in my box. I'm going to use it in the morning." Wow. So for that, my you know, it's like my first ripoff, <laughs> which I'm like, "Hey, cool, no problem." Well, and and then from there, um, then when Hollywood got himself as his first morning show, he mm-hmm. brought me in Great. to uh, be the voice guy on his morning show, and I did. I have so many characters on the show. I like a half a dozen staple characters that I do. Um, like uh, Doctor Zodiac did. Uh, he's a Japanese guy who did <laughs> Chinese astrology. You know, he's like, and he sounded kind of like a samurai. <laughs> and um, you know, it's kind of like a. This is a Doctor Zodiac, and it is time for your astrological information. <laughs> And, you know, and then I would, you know, literally I would read real astrological information. <laughs> yes, prepared, but, with that accent. But, but in, that, in that character. And then I started doing psychic readings as Dr. Zodiac. Oh, and people, boy. People who knew it was fake would still call in they and say, call. I want a psychic reading. And I would just make stuff up. <laughs> I see that you're a very kind person, but everyone will take you for advantage. <laughs> That's so true, Dr. Zodiac. That's so true. Because everybody feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's Blanket. A, <laughs> exactly. And, and how long were you there with him? I did a couple years. Uh, I actually have a, a ping pong relationship with Hollywood Hamilton. Uh, at, I did at the time. Uh, no longer pals. Mm. <laughs> but uh, I did a couple years at uh, 99.1 mm-hmm. in Riverside. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was two and a half years the first time. And then um, he hired me again in New York City. Worked out there for two years. approximately. Woo, woo. Whoop, whoop, yep, on uh, on uh, uh, 103.5, uh, mm-hmm. the new KTU, and that was like in 97, around cool. there. And then I worked for K- uh, KGGI again with a new guy, Jeff Pope, who's still out there. Mm-hmm. In, in, uh, that was like in 99, or no, it was more like 2000 to 2003. Mm-hmm. And um, I worked again for Hollywood Hamilton at K-Earth, cool. and like re- revisiting, you know, the characters mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, the, so the voiceover thing was popping, and all along through that period, 
uh, like when I wasn't working in radio, I would do a couple of uh, TV commercials, um, things like that. Even actually, even before I even got into that, I was dancing on Soul Train. Mm-hmm. I, I when I was working with Hollywood, we I started hanging out in the clubs in in Hollywood, per, you know. At, at night, mm-hmm. and uh, they <laughs> danced. Do that. <laughs> as soon as I had connections, I was like calling the clubs and say, "Hey, how would you like for, for Hollywood Hamilton and his entourage to come to your club?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." So I got us in all free. I started. I was a PR man suddenly. Nice. You know? so <laughs> hey, work I, what you got. Work what yeah. you got. You know? And it's like I told him, I said, "Yeah, Hollywood Hamilton, like five people. Hollywood Hamilton shows up with thirty people." He said he was bringing five. Shows up with thirty people, and then it starts with an attitude. Whoa. Is there a problem? Is there a problem? No, sir. We'll get you in. Wow, you know, nice. it's like he was. Yeah, it's like, thanks Hollywood, you're really helping me out here. But while I was inside dancing, um, uh, Eric Cassim, he was the dance coordinator at Soul Train. Yeah, he saw me dancing, and I was the only, uh, shall we say, chubby white boy on Soul Train. You were on Soul Train. Soul Train. When were you? When were you on? Uh, that was. When were you on, man? Come on, let's that out. Was probably, that was probably in uh, the, the late eighties. Early nineties. Oh my God! If you were there in like '88, were you there? I uh, maybe not quite that. Or quite that. Or maybe '89, '90, '91. Okay. Because um, I I made one appearance on Soul Train with Vanessa Williams. I was dancing with her at that time. Oh really? When she had to write stuff. You know, that's then, all. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I we, actually might have been there at that time. Yeah, you might have been out there. Yeah. Because I have pictures of myself with Bernard from Surface. Okay. And uh, Sheena Easton. And it was so funny because when I, I went up and, and, and uh, asked uh, Sheena Easton if I could get my picture taken with her, mm-hmm. and she says, oh, sure, and she turns and leans on me, <laughs> and she, like, presses her back against me. She goes, look, it's our prom picture. <laughs> and I'm like, that was so cool. And I'm not kidding you, Don Cornelius from the corner, uh-huh. I see him see me, <laughs> and then he turns and looks at security and then motions with his head just gently at me to, like, get him out of here. Oh. And I'm like, I Quickly stepped, I quickly stepped off the stage and disappeared into the crowd, and, and luckily nothing happened. Wow. But she was, is, she is nice. She's sweet. I worked she, with her, too. Oh, yeah. She was a yeah, real sweetheart. Great. And uh, I had some I had some good times on Soul Train for a couple right. years. There. It was Go pretty cool. on with your bad self. Whoop, whoop. You going to bust a move up in here? Hey, well, yeah. Oh, like we're going to form a line over here by the wall. Shoot. Form a line by the wall. <laughs> see if we can get Otis in here. <laughs> I actually, on my on my uh, YouTube page, you can see me doing a little, uh, my Soul Train, little clip. For oh, Soul yeah? Train, dressed as Santa Claus. Okay. Santa Claus doing the line on Soul Train. It is on my YouTube page. Wow. You're special. <laughs> Lunatic fringe. I got the job in New York, and I, I said, you know, you know, Barbara, can you please represent me in New York? And she goes, no, I don't do that. And I'm like, well, but they're offering me so much money to go to New York. If somebody had told me then, don't go to New York, <laughs> and could sell me on that idea, I should never have gone. Really? It totally killed my momentum. In uh, it totally killed my, my momentum. They have, they have uh, separation anxiety issues out here. Well, <laughs> they just, do because I I was straddling both coasts for a minute and yeah. they flipped me off, you know. Yeah, it's it's tough. Well, I mean, you know, depending on who you are, some people can make that connection and 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 do fine with it. Some agencies work both coasts, mm-hmm. you know, and that's mm-hmm. great. And um, I was actually with Don Buckwald Agency in New York. And, uh, I, and I met, yeah, Don. Don He's himself cool. was yeah. cool, but but uh, his uh, the, the, the associates were not. Well, the radio cat uh, uh, that that got me to move to New York in the first place. Mm-hmm. Lied. <laughs> no, they scammed me big time. Really? Him and Hollywood got together and they, they, they oh, really. Boy. 
bad, bad, bad. But, right. you know, I lived through it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm glad he lived, and I lived, and he lives. And we'll be right back because we need to take a little break, you know, and give some people some grace. So hang in there yes. with Uncle Earl and Bubba in just a second. Ciao. Thank you all for listening. We're back here with the Bubba and Uncle Earl Show. Or the Uncle Earl and Bubba Show. There's Uncle Earl and there's Bubba. I'm Bubba and he's Uncle Earl. Well, I thank you so much. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's really an honor and a privilege. And, um, you know, I want to give honor to God and the, the, the deacons and the mother of the church and uh, everybody yeah. came out to see me today. And we're going to have some sweet tea and, uh, you know, just kick back here on a beautiful Sunday day and have, have a lovely time. Yeah, but then you don't forget my collard greens. <laughs> you know, I need some grease. Not I, in, I like that pot liquor. Not in the studio. Oh, come on, man. You know, I <laughs> need to, to lubricate the joints, man. It keeps <laughs> everything flowing. <laughs> I ain't the boss. I'm just the enforcer. <laughs> <laughs> you so crazy. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are here. We're back. <clears throat> and um, this gentleman is wearing some finery that we must talk about. Yes. He's got some duds on that are kicking. Well, I'll tell What's you. What's up with that? This is my, my own clothing design. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, it's called Yayware. Yayware. Spelled with a Vietnamese <laughs> D-E. And that comes from, I was working at a, a day job in an office that with uh, the employers, or the employment, the employees, mm-hmm. 70% were Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. And I am a big hip-hop fan. Okay. And so just, you know, arbitrarily because I'm a nut, <laughs> I would walk into the office and shout almost not in exactly the top of my voice, but rather loud. Yeah. And I'd go, yay, yay. <laughs> and, one, and one of these little Vietnamese girls came over to me and she says, that means you have a lot of girlfriends. I'm like, what? What do I do? And she said, yay, in the South Vietnamese, is, a, is the word for goat. And the goat is a slang for a player or a hustler. Mm. So I said, yay means hustler. And double the yay squared is. The, the, the uh, <laughs> D-E wear. Mm. It's a yay wear. It's like it's player wear, hustler wear. Nice. You know, and it's like with my interpretation of a player, anybody can be a player. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm looking at the positive aspects of being a player. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you, mm-hmm. you, in this business, you are a player. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I want to be a player. Everything. Yeah. So, and you know, it's like whether it's the clothing or the comedy yeah. or the the writing or the the singing and acting. I want to be a player in those areas. Everything yeah. I do. I hear. You. And so, can people find out all these wonderful things about you. Let's let's lay that out. You can find uh, Bubba Deschizo on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Just do the whole thing in forward slash Bubba Deschizo, all one word: B U B B A D A S K I T S O. I'm on MySpace at Daskitso uh, Media, D-A-S-K-I-T-S-O Media, all one word. I'm on Twitter hmm. at Bubba Daskitso, B-U-B-B-A-D-A-S-K-I-T-S-O, and uh, you can go to all those websites. You can actually just Google uh, Bubba Daskitso. And you're like, Brrr. yep, and you can and. Uh, <laughs> Roll call. Yeah, yep, and uh, <laughs> I've, like all that stuff is out there. The the pictures of the clothing are uh, on both the Facebook and the MySpace pages. There's videos up. You can also find me on YouTube. I have a uh, thirty plus videos of a web series. Plus, uh, I mean, I do so many different kinds of things. I have like eight episodes of a web series, but I also did some fun stuff. Mm-hmm.
have to come back for the Uncle Earl and Bubba hour. But ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure being here with Bubba. Let's Thank get you to very much. It's been a pleasure being here. Yeah, you. man. You know, we'll, we'll do some things. We'll keep in touch. Okay. Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, while you're here, enjoy Out of Work by Bubba. Check this out. Do you ever feel your patience wearing thin? Gonna lose your car and your house to them. Do you ever feel your bills are crazy deep? Screaming, stressing out, and now you're even losing sleep. Do you know that there may still be hope for you? Though you're getting screwed, you just got to realize that's life. No, it's not right. So what they lie, don't let them see you cry. Cause baby. Your time graduating school if you